This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. One of my kids' favorite conversations is trying to figure out who is my favorite child. I don't know. For some reason, they find this a really fascinating topic. So they come up with all kinds of reasons why they think each child is or isn't a candidate. But I will reveal the secret to you right here, right now. And it's really the truth. Each one of my kids is a favorite in a different way. Because I have a blind spot for each child. And that allows me to not identify them by their worst qualities, but rather to identify each one by their best qualities. The truth is, I mean, we all have blinders on for various people and situation in our lives, right? I mean, we we wouldn't be able to function otherwise. Our blinders let us block out or like dim information about others that would make it impossible for us to be in relationships with them. So some of these biases don't really serve us right? There's something called confirmation bias. So that would be favoring information that confirms your previously existing beliefs. It means that you're much more likely to believe something that reinforces what you already thought. We tend to ignore information that goes against our expectations. And we're even likely to remember information more if it's consistent with stereotypes or with something we already believed. Best-selling author Dan Ariely says, Our irrational behaviors are neither random nor senseless. They are systematic and predictable. Because we all make the same types of mistakes over and over, right? Because of the basic wiring of our brain. So our irrational biased thoughts are actually predictable and weirdly understandable because our biases and our blinders make perfect sense. I mean, they all serve us in some way, right? Do you remember the blue and black dress phenomenon from February 2015? So there was a photo of this dress. It became a viral sensation. And viewers were arguing vehemently online, in person, about whether it was black and blue or white and gold. Like each side was totally convinced that they were right and could not understand the other view. Within one week of this image surfacing on the internet, there were more than 10 million tweets mentioning the dress. The backstory here is this, the, the picture of this dress was taken by the mother of a bride named Grace Johnston in Scotland, and she was planning to wear the dress to the wedding. And so she sent the photo to her daughter. But those who were viewing the photo couldn't agree about what color it was. So the bride posted it on Facebook, and that's where the dress became this viral sensation. And the dress experienced a major surge in sales. The truth, the dress was black and blue. But how could the world be so divided about what color a dress was, right? How could each side be so convinced that it was right and no one else was? So neuroscientists weighed in, and they believe that the differences in opinion were due to how the human brain perceives color. So it had nothing to do with your eyes or the color or the lighting, but rather with the way your brain was wired. Isn't this true about so many other things? Because it's the wiring of our brains that causes us to perceive some things as black and some things as white, or blue and black and gold and white, right? In the Torah, we learn the story of Bilam. Now, Bilam was a non-Jewish prophet who was hired by King Balak, who was the king of Moab, 
to curse the Jews. He said the Jews had become too numerous in his country, and he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to control them. Would Billam be willing to accept the gig to curse them as he clearly had God on his side? Remember, I said he was a prophet. I didn't say he was a non-prophet. In any case, Billam admitted that he was unable to say anything unless God sanctioned it. But he was definitely willing to try, especially for a nice little fee. So what does he do? He rides his donkey out to curse the Jews. But then something weird happened. This angel appeared on the road and blocked his way holding a sword. So the donkey saw the angel, but Bilam, this evil man, did not see the angel. The donkey stops, and he's afraid of this danger on the road, so he veers off into the field, and Bilam starts hitting her. So the donkey moves to the other side, pushed against the fence, pressing Bilam's leg against the fence, and Bilam continues to hit the donkey. He's angry, right, that she's not moving along. Then the angel of God goes even further, and he stands in this narrow spot next to a vineyard where there was no room to turn right or left. So the donkey, right, who sees the angel, crouches down underneath Bilam. So this time, Bilam becomes furious with his donkey, and he starts hitting her with his stick. Finally, the Torah says the following, God opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Bilam, What have I done to you that you keep hitting me these three times? So Bilam actually answers the donkey. I mean, my response would have been, OMG, there is a donkey talking right now. But that's not what he said. (laughs) He said, I hate you because you are making fun of me. And if I only had a sword, I would kill you. So the donkey replies, Oh, I thought we had a great relationship. I mean, I've always faithfully gotten you to where you want to go. And then, well, I'll tell you the rest of the story soon. But here's what this unusual story tells me. The angel was right there on the path. The donkey saw the angel. Bilam did not. Right? The donkey is seeing truth, a blue-black dress. Bilam sees an illusion, a white gold dress. Why? What is wrong with our brains that we are simply incapable of seeing certain things as they are? The answer is in the rest of the story, because what happened next was that the Torah says that God uncovered Bilaam's eyes, and he finally saw this angel of God that was standing on the road. And all of a sudden, he could see what had been in front of him all along. And then they go on to have a whole conversation, and I advise you to look up the story because it is really interesting. But I think it's this idea that really unravels the mystery for us. God will allow us to see what we want to see and will not allow us to see what we don't want to see or what is not good for us to see or know. You know, there's this small Hebrew prayer that some people say when they're looking for their lost items. You know, you lost your keys, you lost your purse, you lost your phone, you lost your glasses. I was actually trying to leave the house one time and I was holding my car keys in my left hand. And with my right hand, I was frantically searching through all the keys for my keys. I mean, that's a whole new level. So there's a prayer to say when you find yourself stuck in this kind of situation. And the prayer goes something like this. No one can see anything until God opens their eyes. We could literally be staring at something that's right in front of us, but until we acknowledge our blinders and ask for help, we will continue to remain blinded to it. So how do you remove those blinders? I mean, you have to ask God to open your eyes just as he opened Bilaam's eyes, and you have to be willing to acknowledge your bias. 
and to ask for help in removing it. That's half the battle. But sometimes having a bias is really valuable. When my babies were born, my grandmother always used to tell me how she could tell they were so smart. Just look at her eyes, she would say. Just look how intelligent they are. Look at her listening to every word you say. It is the job of your Jewish grandmother to only see the best in you. At least mine did. Because sometimes being blinded to the faults of our loved ones is a good thing. And sometimes we just love it that other people are blind to our faults as well. They say love is blind and maybe it's true. But we want to make sure that we're using our biases for good and not for bad. And we want to make sure that we're aware of our biases, right? And noticing where they're serving us and where they're not serving us. And if you're wondering why everyone can see something that you can't, then maybe it's time to take a deep look into yourself and ask yourself the most important question. Are my blinders on? And if so, am I willing to do something about it? This is The Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.